Blog Talk Radio. Common thread uh, 
going through it, people feeling that once they commit, let's say, there's no way out and, and wanting to always be able to have it their way, almost like both men and women wanting to have their cake and not have to give it up at any time. And, and sometimes when you commit, it's, it's like saying, okay, you know, I'm settled down now. I, I can't look and see if there's anything better out there. Well, or that's I can't have time to myself. That's even, that's even worse for some people. Well, and that's, that ties in exactly to, to an article that I had found um, a while ago on the Internet, and I, I actually wanted to read it because I found this quite um, interesting. And to me, I, I, I'm almost saddened when, when, I, when I read this to hear that this is a man's perspective. I mean, he's making a genera- generality um, indicating that this is what men think. And since we have... Um, Frank, who's our in-house um, cosmopolitan male expert here, um, wow. after I read this, <laughs> you didn't know, you've just been promoted, Seriously? Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm curious to know if this is truly the male concept. I mean, this to me was an extreme um, illustration of, of why at least one man feels that, that men have trouble committing. But I want to read this to you. Um, um, basically, the article first starts by talking, uh, you know, a bit about the woman who runs this website. It's called The Feminine Woman. And uh, apparently it was her boyfriend or male in her life that wrote this article. And it starts out by saying, first of all, let me ask you a few questions. Would you love to commit to a $2,000 a month mortgage? Would you love to commit to taking out uh, trash every week? Would you love to commit to doing the dishwashing every single day. In the above questions, the word commit has a very um, obligatory, how do you say that word? Obligatory? Yes, perfect, thank you, undertone. <laughs> 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 it, it almost feels like committing to something um, would mean that we are obligated to do something and we would therefore have to surrender our own freedom. The word commitment almost has a feel of, I don't really want to do this, but I have to, or I should, but it's not going to be the most pleasant experience. Feeling like you're obligated to do something never feels that good. Life is a lot more fun when you get to do something, not when you've got to do something. Men know this subconsciously. One of the biggest desires for men, regardless of the traditional, the traditional culture, is freedom. The masculine energy strives to break free and experience freedom. It wants release from the constraints of life. The feminine energy wants to fill up with love, joy, energy, and attention. Some men fight for their whole lives for freedom and to experience freedom. Usually once they find that sense of freedom, they would never let it go. Um, When we love to do something, it is never an obligation. You don't ever hear men complaining about going uh, going to golf, but work is a different matter. More people, this one blew me away, more people die on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. than any other time of the week. Coincidence? Tell me, ladies, is it easy to, easy or hard to commit to a shopping spree? What about the difference, uh, I'm sorry, what about committing to washing the dishes every day? Is there a difference? Um, what does it really mean for a man to commit to a woman? From a man's perspective, he would have to buy stuff for you, spend lots of money. It's not so bad if he's got the money to spend, but if he doesn't, mm, it's 
spend time with you listening to all the good and bad stuff that you have to say, spend time when you request his presence, etc. From his perspective, he will have to fork out all these resources, so the question he will ask consciously or subconsciously is whether you are worth all this or not. Some men just don't want to deal with the excess baggage that women sometimes carry. It doesn't make the man feel good whilst being with you, and the last thing you want to create for him is a terrible association with you and the thought of you. The point is, if you want a man to commit, if you want a passionate, happy, long-lasting relationship, don't ask for your man to commit. If you ask that of him, he delivers this commitment, even though he knows he will feel less freedom because of it, then um, you are taking away uh, then you are taking away his masculinity and what makes you attracted to him in the first place. By saying you're taking that away, he's really just surrendering it. What will happen after a while is that, sure, he's around more, but you'll have less attraction for him. You'll have the security of his presence by your side, but you're trading off the passion that, could, that you could create in a relationship. There is no commitment needed when you do the things you love to do. Just do it. The answer to the problem. So instead of asking the question of why he will not commit, I suggest asking a better question, such as, how can I create more passion and attraction between him and me so that he won't want to be with anyone else? Or how can I build up the excitement and tension between him and I so that he would feel like never going anywhere else? The power you have is in the attraction you can create between him and you. A man already has so many responsibilities and obligations as well as demands on him in life that you should be a source of freedom. He should feel that freedom through you. It's a horrible thing that a man, for a man to go to work and then come home to yet another obligation. If, that created, if you created that passion and excitement between both of you, he wouldn't want to go anywhere else. You certainly won't have a problem with him committing. He'd love to be around you. And, and that's the end of the article. Um, and actually, there's a lot of that, that that I actually fully believe and, and I agree with. It's just what totally blew me away with this article is his perception of, um, you know, the $2,000 a month mortgage and taking out the garbage and, um, you know, that, that true sense of obligation. So, Frank, this is my question to you. From a male perspective, when somebody talks about commitment, What's the energy that you get? What, what, how do you feel about that? Well, geez. Well, first of all, I, I feel like this, this article is a cop-out made out of fear of a bigger issue. I mean, he sounds like he's playing a semantics game, whoever this dude is. Um, first of all, I, I want to take a moment to preface this. The, the person doesn't normally go to the doctor if they're feeling perfectly healthy. And if you're listening to us here on Eye in the Future, chances are that you're looking for that little nugget of expert advice from... Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean Cirillo, and your circumstance is not necessarily the ideal you have in mind. And Seriously, whose is? But that said, this fear of commitment perceived by people, and men specifically, to me is a myth. I've seen firsthand uh, that the relationships that people are in are very often just wrong. They simply don't connect the way that they want to feel. Therefore, if painted into a corner to make a statement, the lack of commitment is an indication of the fact that this is just not the right relationship. The lack of faith that this person is not, that this person is the right one for you. 
I feel people are so focused on what they're supposed to do, marry at a certain age. We have, over the years, created this blueprint for ourselves that sometimes makes the concept of actually connecting to someone take a back seat to the whole ordeal. Once in a while, you do meet somebody that throws you for a loop, and there's no hesitation or question about it. I would say if, if there's someone who's afraid to commit, uh, you said people are, were asking this question about you. If there is a person who's afraid to commit, then do both of you a favor and let them go. Because people are so focused on fixing things or working on things, when in reality, if there's someone, there is probably somebody out there who requires no work at all. And granted, you could say that this, this is my idealized version of the way of the world, and it's not the way things actually are, but why not? Why not just uh, let go of the situation that you're in where oh, he's afraid to commit or he's afraid to do this or she's afraid to commit or she's, you know what, then maybe they're just not into it and move on and find somebody who is excited to be with you and feels like a kid getting a new toy every time they're going to meet you after work for a cup of coffee or to do nothing together. But, um... I, I, I am as well. You know what blew me away with, with this article is he was saying um, from his perspective he will have to fork out all of these resources. So the question he will ask consciously or subconsciously is whether you are worth all this or not. Then um, he's got to get out of a relationship. <laughs> right, that's what my feeling what? How about that? We'll auction Frank off. I mean, if he, you know, let's take bids on him. Uh, what do you think you would get in return? Because you made some strong statements about what you would give. What, what do you expect from the woman that would make the commitment, not a commitment on your part, but maybe on her part? Who are you talking to? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. Are you talking to Frank or are you okay, talking to yeah. what well, I read? Well, I take back that proposal about the auction. You see, Frank no, uh, seems to disappear. I, I'm disagreeing just with really him. Get, you're disagreeing. I'm disagreeing with him. I, I'm, I'm saying that it's not about what you should get back or... Oh, that's, that's that guy. That's that's his his words. My words are. Okay, but uh, you're saying you would get, you would feel that you were getting something wonderful from this woman, even if you're not putting it into words. A lot of that is chemistry that she's worth wanting to spend money on. That it's not that she demands it. It's that you want to buy her jewelry within your means. You want to take good care of her. You want to take her out, and you know that. Uh, She's like, like an extension of you, like, like your better self, which is what people sometimes call their spouse or their lover when they're still in love. Well, That's how you, you know, feel about her. You, you know what I feel is, and I think I kind of feel you're, you're saying this in a way, Dr. Jean, is I feel women work so hard to, towards the concept of getting a man to commit and they end up backing them in the corner. And I, and I wasn't sure if this man who wrote this article that I read at the beginning of the show um, was being cornered and, and yeah. he was writing this from that perspective because that's what it felt to me, that, man, somebody's really trying to back him against the wall and, and corner him in and, and all this negative stuff was coming out. 
because I, I, it would saddened me to think that a man who's truly in love with another woman, with a woman, is going to be feeling so obligated and feeling so, um, you know, back, you know, cornered in a way. I mean, this, that's that's the image I get—a cornered animal. That you know, like why why would I want to do that? And if he could somehow equate. Um, a, the potential of a relationship or, or committing to a relationship to, um, you know, throwing out, getting into an obligation to throwing out the trash every week or anything like that, then, then I just, you know, you know, to me something was drastically missing. What I feel um, he nailed, though, is the fact that instead of chasing the idea of a commitment is, you know, work on that, living in the moment, you know, work on the passion in the relationship and, and, and what, what you have because that's, that's what men fall in love with. They fall in love with a woman who's, you know, um, I, I'm going to use this word loosely, but like carefree because nobody really is carefree, but you know who enjoys being with them, who's fun to be with, um, who's living in the moment, who's enjoying, you know, what it is that they have and not necessarily planning everything for the future. Well, everybody is different, and therefore the perfect person for everybody is going to be different. There might be people out there who are pretty much human squirrels that do nothing but prepare for the future, and they love doing that. And there's a person out there for that person. And if there is all this conflict and there is all these little games to be played, like he's, what he's talking about is playing games. You have to do this, and you have to say that, and you have to stand on one foot and hum the national anthem and stand on the roof if it's raining and you're on a day that begins with a T. Like you shouldn't, be able to, you shouldn't have to jump through the hoops like that. However, there are people who will probably like doing that, and you should hold off and find that person. So, like I said, it's a, it's a focus on either fixing something that's broke to make it a reasonable facsimile of what you want or holding off to find what you really want. And you don't know. Who knows? Maybe what you want isn't really what's right for you anyway. And, you, and once you meet that person, you'll find out there are things that you didn't even consider that are brilliant. But if you keep just trying to fix something that is obviously not working, you're never going to find that. Well, I do agree with that because if you're in the right relationship with the right person, it, it, this shouldn't be an issue because some people don't, um, don't want to commit, you know, and, and they might meet somebody else who doesn't want to commit and then they can live happily ever after not committing. And that would be an ideal situation. Neither of them is going to be chasing marriage or long-term commitment. Chances are they still have a strong potential of being together if they're compatible with each other, but they're not chasing that that same, uh, you know, concept or place. Um, but I agree. I mean, if it if it if it's right, that that delicate balance will be there. But Dr. Jean. How many times have you seen situations where the man and woman are truly compatible and the only um, point of, you know, dispute more or less is the fact that the man or the woman, let's say for today's discussion, it's the woman who wants the commitment and the man not being able to commit or not wanting to commit? How often well, then they're not compatible if one wants to commit so badly and the other one doesn't. It's kind of like on his side, his hormones, his chemistry is telling him this isn't the right woman to be with. Biologically, now they're saying you can kind of sense who's the right person to start a family with. And apparently he's the right one for her, but she's not the right one for him. And it happens the other way, too. 
Oh, sure it does. I know, without a doubt. So you're you're basically saying what Frank's saying that when it's right, it's all going to work itself out. Yeah, it's not so much of an issue in the air because uh, why I, should I, the man, especially once he's past thirty, you know, why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? That's what they say, and you know, sex is so easy to find. The men don't have to commit, but once you, especially once you get into like early middle age, you're working and everything, you don't feel like going out to buy milk all the time if you can have the cow and a lot of other things at home <laughs> right with you if that's the right that's cow awesome. and the right milk. Right. And so basically what you're saying is what our society has now adopted as, you know, being acceptable in relationships um, is really not conducive to moving towards a committed relationship, especially when you're you're older? Is that well, what you're no, saying? Especially when you're younger, it, it is ah. because you still have the energy. But when you're older, oh, whether you're a male or a female, why do you want it? Once you've gotten a relationship to the point that you have the cow, that you have the, the person, why do you want to then go back out searching again, looking for more problems, uh, looking you know, having, in a man's case, let's say even having to be on great behavior and spend a lot of money and do everything to impress this woman to get it to the point where she wants commitment and then drop her and go on to do the same for somebody else. I think that's harder work than it is to, uh, once a day, take out the trash <laughs> for one woman who, who's well, I... given herself to you, too. Right, uh, and I definitely understand and, and, and kind of agree with that, but I would hope that... Um, when a man is considering, you know, settling down, that he's truly thinking of more, um, uh, more to me, more important things other than um, what he has to buy for her or, you know, the, the only thinking of the obligations. And I know a lot of men aren't ready to settle down until they have, you know, a good job or, you know, they're making X amount of, Dollars or Makes you know, and that's true, right? Because who wants to get into an obligation like that um, with you know making you know uh, five thousand dollars a year or something like that? I mean, that's going to be difficult. It's hard to support one person on that kind of money or not being employed. Um, you know, much less trying to build a family off of that. So I, I could definitely understand that, but I would still hope that men think about more more things than just the dollars and the cents when they're when they're contemplating if, if a woman is right for them. Well I'm sure there's a lot of people out there tonight who have questions about commitment or not. Maybe some other questions that you have. Phone lines are open. Please call six four six three eight one four one four one to speak with Lady Fontaine and Doctor Jean. They're here to answer all your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. That equates to getting a free reading, so don't miss this incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. If you don't want your real name used on the air, please let Lady Fontaine know. But in order for your question answered, you will need to provide us with real names, some background, and a specific question. We will honor your request for anonymity. Tonight, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be, taking more, will be talking more about men who won't commit. 
and they will be begin taking calls right after the mailbag question. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. And now it's time for our Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website, skymckenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning Sunday, September 26, 2010. Well, while we don't have a great number of heavy aspects this week, we should finally be feeling life truly moving forward because this week we are finally, finally free of Mercury's retrograde cycle. He leaves his retrograde shadow, at least until his next shadow on November 22nd, and we should find life getting back to normal now. To say that this Mercury retrograde period has offered us some unusually difficult and challenging life situations could be a gross understatement. And Mercury originally entered his shadow period on August 20th, and he was there until September 12th when he turned direct. And now that he's left that retrograde journey completely, we can feel the energy moving forward. So now we can breathe an individual and collective sigh of relief because most of the confusion, miscommunications, and bumps in the road should be mostly dissipating now. In fact, we should be feeling a freshness and a lot of movement in the air and in our plans. And if we have been biding our time until Mercury completed this retrograde cycle to make a decision or sign a contract, this can be a good time to move forward, especially now on the heels of the equinox and harvest moon this past week. Now our next major energy shift will occur on Thursday, September 30th when the Sun conjuncts Saturn. And conjunctions between planets always mark new beginnings, and this one is about getting serious. And if we've been doing our work and working hard, it's time for us to reap some really big rewards and get a very big payoff. If, however, we haven't been diligent with what we know needs to be done, then we could be in for a little rude awakening these couple of days. The good news with that one is that we'll also have a sense and know exactly what needs to be done to get where we aren't yet, and then to earn that payoff that we want. Depending on where this aspect occurs in our charts is where the action falls for us in our lives. And there have been a lot of solar aspects lately, so we should be pretty familiar with the energy of this one. On the plus side, we may be feeling more industrious and hardworking, but on the challenging side, we may have an overriding sense of feeling almost stuck or blocked. And there may be also some issues with business or authority figures that have to be dealt with. So while it absolutely is a new beginning, we may feel the ending side of the energy a bit more than the beginning because of the nature of Saturn. So if we can and are able to loosen our grip on people and situations that appear to be passing from our lives, it can literally clear the way for that something new to begin in a very accelerated way. Now on Friday, October 1st and Saturday, October 2nd, Mercury is going to face off with the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction that's sitting near the end of Pisces. And we really need to be prepared for some kind of wild card to be thrown into our lives. For these couple of days, it will be very important for us to rely on our ability to be flexible and to expect to have at least a couple of surprises thrown our way. We may need to punt or at least be prepared to think outside the box. So this week and these couple of days especially are definitely a wake-up call for us. Our minds will be filled with so many possibilities that we may be shocked and find it hard to sort it all out. So do be ready for a surprise or a surprise revelation and watch for it to happen very quickly. And also be ready for some ignited spontaneous psychic information to flow or even burst into our awareness too. 
Now this week I want to continue the theme talking about Venus's turn to retrograde motion on October 8th through November 18th and talk about how and where Venus's upcoming retrograde will affect each sign. Venus retrograde in Scorpio is passionate and intense and it's going to be about seeing the real worth or not of people and things in our lives. Weak or troubled relationships may fall now and even strong ones may be challenged. Over these few weeks we may also find ourselves drawn to a different kind of beauty than we usually are and we're going to be asked to evaluate and redecide, if necessary, about relationships and those things in our lives. And we may find that we have to come to some very hardcore decisions, especially about our closest relationships. And as usual, this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, during this upcoming period, be mindful of joint resources and other people's money. It might also be a good time to consider releasing old, dusty, worn-out things in your life and replace them with frisky new things. Taurus, your close partnerships may need a second or third look-see, and you may find yourself taking a long, hard look at what's really working in your relationships and just what isn't. And then think about some decisions that will shake things up and begin again one way or the other. Gemini, you'll be looking for more satisfying ways to take care of your health, your job, and how you live your life each day. Addressing all those seemingly small things, reviewing and revamping personal habits, including eating better, moving more, and getting enough rest, will result in major life changes that will startle you. Cancer, things that bring you joy and happiness will be up for review, and you may be reassessing the romantic situation in your life and considering what needs to change. You may also be ready to drop things and move into a new way of creating in your life. Leo, not only will your physical home come up for a hard look, but your inner world as well. You'll be assessing and reassessing the security you have or don't have and redefining where you truly feel at home and how to get there and probably seeing and choosing new goals, inner and outer ones. Virgo, you may feel called to pull in the welcome mat now and discover that less is more in the social side of your life. Walks in nature may suddenly appeal more than having a busy social calendar and may actually help you get clear and accomplish goals that you forgot you had. Libra, your finances and those things you value or thought you valued will be getting your attention. And you may and probably will be assessing how and where you earn your dollars and whether it truly satisfies you. And you'll be deciding what you really, really do want in your life. Scorpio, you're on stage here. This is all about you. You may rethink your personal image and decide if that's truly the you that you want to present. You'll be giving yourself a second look now and watch for a new you to be in the works. Sagittarius. Retrospection and introspection will pull you to new places, and there are likely people, places, or things behind the scenes working in your favor that you weren't aware of yet. Look within and hold off deciding who or what you want until the information arrives on your front doorstep. Capricorn. The dreams you've taken for granted so long may begin to look a bit tarnished, and your current crop of friends might as well. This is a time for you to sort through your hopes and wishes, and also sort through the friends that truly care about you from those that don't. Aquarius, your career and reputation come up for review. You may find yourself reassessing your goals and winnowing out those things that worry you and at the same time clarifying what things will bring your life true satisfaction on the job and otherwise. Pisces, thinking big right now may not seem as satisfying or as affordable. Ideas and ideals you once cared about may not be as important to you now. You'll likely find yourself reconsidering how big you really want to go and whether your current direction is the direction that's going to carry you there. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. 
It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. And as always, what an amazing report. To learn more about Sky, please visit her website at skymckenna.com or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link directly to her website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio. That's achieveradio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. And Sky will be joining us live right here on the air on Eye on the Future on Tuesday, October 19th. She'll be here answering questions. And now it is time for the mailbag question of the day. You guys ready? Yeah. I love those. They get better every week. They do, really. Starts Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. Thank you for taking my question. I am at my wit's end. I've been seeing Marvin for 11 years, on and off. He says he really loves me and wants to spend the rest of his life with me. But when I talk about getting engaged or married, he pulls away and or picks a fight with me. I once spoke to you about this, Lady Fontaine, and you told me not to engage in discussions about marriage, etc. I listen to your show often, and you also talk about being true to yourself. So isn't it being true to me to tell him what I want? Please let me know how to proceed. I hate being an open mind, in an open-ended relationship, but I can't seem to get Marvin to want more. Help! Exclamation point. That's Annette from Florida. Now, this is a perfect question for what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, first of all, one thing jumped out at me um, in, in her letter to us, and that was where Annette is saying how, how much he truly loves her and wants to spend the rest of his life with her. However, they've been on and off for the past 11 years. Um, and truly, you know, I would think that if, if he was ready to truly commit with, to spending the rest of his life with her, they would be more on than off. And when I look at the energy, um, I, I could certainly feel that it's extremely choppy and that they, they cycle on and off you know, at, at regular, free, you know, regular intervals here. Um, one thing that, that fits right into what we were saying earlier on this particular situation is what Frank was bringing up, that if indeed it's the right, right combination of people, it should be effortless and it should just flow into, a, you know, a, a, a commitment. Now, granted, there are certain people that have commitment issues and they have a fear of intimacy and there's a whole slew of other um, emotional, you know, issues that are, are that could uh, prohibit them from being able to make a commitment to somebody and that's a whole other ball game. And that's something that we've been talking about in, in the past couple of weeks right here on this show. But for tonight's discussion and certainly for, for to answer this question, my gut feeling is that, yes, they have something very, very good. Um, Annette and Marvin, I feel, I've always felt, I mean, this is somebody that I've spoken to a few times about her situation, and the energy is good between the two of them when they're on. 
Um, when I read his energy, when I read Marvin's energy, um, it, it's, it's ironic. I feel a lot of the things that that guy was talking about in that article I wrote at the beginning of the show, uh, that I read at the beginning of the show, and that's um, freedom. I feel he really, and this is something I want to ask Dr. Jean about, if a man really wants his freedom, um, is, is he ever going to be able to commit to a relationship? Because in, in Marvin's situation, that's what I feel, truly feel. It's an issue of his freedom. Just the idea of having to spend or, or consciously committing to spending the rest of his life with one person is scary to him. He's used to being alone. Um, I, I think he said a very good word, conscious, consciously committing. He, cause he, he, he's, he is, I would call this commitment by default. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were still together when one of them died, if you want to talk about spending the rest of your life together. So long as she doesn't bring it up, when he has to look at things, then he backs away. But otherwise, Bingo. And that's by exactly default, what I told yeah. her. Exactly. So, so the, you're so you're you're sort of agreeing that the best approach in this particular situation is enjoy the relationship and stop okay, worrying I didn't so know much you about a said that. that. That was just my sense that that he picks a fight with her, but she picks a fight with him by bringing it up. It's like a hot button. All of a sudden, he says, "Oh my God!" You know, in a lot of states, it's like there was one state I think where common law marriage was in two years. And a lot of college kids were living together, and they're saying to their friends, oh, my God, by law, I'm married. I get the sense with this guy, he might be a common-law husband and not even know it. And, and as soon as she brings it up, uh, I, I think they'll be together until, unless he has to say those conscious uh, words. Somehow he's resistant to doing that, and I don't know what's behind that. You know, I haven't seen or analyzed him, there's something behind making that verbal commitment, but in all ways except verbal, they are a committed couple. And that's what I feel that Annette doesn't fully understand, and many women out there who are in relationships with men that are afraid to commit, um, is that often the commitment is there, it's just an unspoken commitment, and the more they press for for a man to commit, I feel the more they, they start feeling um, those those very strong feelings of being backed against the the, the wall, um, you know that 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 gentleman who wrote that article at the beginning of the show um, was talking about. They don't want to be trapped. They yes, want to be committed. Yeah. They don't want to be trapped. And they right. interpret the word commitment as being trapped. That's exactly right now, what it's comfortable. Does. That's what it is. The commitment is really that she wants us to be comfortable. Right. And, and the man is comfortable, so in that sense he's committed, but when you bring up actual commitment, it's like that sense of, you know, till death do us part was when the average lifespan was 40. So it doesn't hold, but you get that sense like, oh, my God, what if it is wrong? There's no way out. Whereas when they're comfortable, there's still a door out, but they're just not taking it. Well, they I, really I, don't want I, to take it. Right. I feel... Um, in this particular situation with Annette, and, and so often women don't realize that, just like you said, Dr. Jean, that they are in a committed relationship. And the man probably has a, great, a much greater potential of sliding into that, that you know, sacred, true commitment um, 
on his own rather than trying to push him because the more you it turns into nagging the more you talk about it when a man is resisting um you know the less likely you're ever going to get what it is that you truly want so in this particular situa- situation Annette, you know both uh Dr. Jean and I feel you you've got it i mean i am questioning questioning based on what i feel in the in the energy um i feel marvin needs his space and i feel when he when he's just it's just sort of like a, a pattern that i feel he goes into like he could be committed or or with her you know on a regular frequency for three or four months and then it feels to me that marvin needs his space he needs his time off so he wants to hang out with the guys he wants to do nothing he wants to do whatever it is that he wants to do and he'll spend a couple of weeks doing that and then they just it's not even a discussion then he just refocuses his attention on the relationship so either that works or it doesn't work i mean you you you're you were talking about being true to yourself and yeah i feel that that's a critical aspect in any relationship and it's also important to learn how to define your boundaries and that's exactly what you're talking to us about but these are the discussions that are so critical at the beginning of a relationship so that you know who it is and what it is that you're getting yourself into and either at that point it works or it doesn't work. I mean, when you're in a relationship and doing it one way for 11 years and then start saying, well, now I'm because I haven't gotten what I want, I'm going to start defining my boundaries, that will often push another person away because they're at the point, well, you know, what's gotten into you? I mean, we've been together all these years, and it's been great, and now suddenly you want something different. So, you know, uh, and Dr. Jean, let me ask you this. I mean, from a relationship standpoint, should a woman lay things, uh, you know, out at the beginning of a relationship, well, this is what I want and this is what's important to me, or is that going to scare guys away? Well, at the beginning, I guess it's better that you do that than that you pretend to be something other than what you are. The thing is, um, you can say a serious relationship uh, that you're looking for somebody to see on a regular basis, you know, that you're not just walking, going around. But like Frank said, if if it turns out that this is the right person, often if you didn't think that way, you, you start thinking that way. Now, the the reality is, biologically, men can make a baby up until they're ready to die. Women can't, so sometimes women get that time clock ticking, and, you know, they they have a limited biological ability to to give birth if that's what they want, and if this man isn't the right one, they want to know. But, again, you can't pry that out of a person. It's more something that comes from a biological attraction and feeling regardless of the woman's time clock. But but women do get frustrated. If they're past that age or they have kids from another marriage, then then it's more of a psychological thing and it can be uh it can be dealt with the way you're describing and I'm describing, you know, that you don't use a lot of pressure. But there is a certain frustration that a woman who wants to have a family should tend to find a man who also wants to have a family and not when he's age 65 either. But, right, right. you know, when if they're around the same age, say, say when he's 35 and she's 35, she hasn't got till 65 for him to make a decision. So there is that right. issue. Right, and that's a perfect segue into our next uh, mailbag question. But before we leave this question, I just want to say that, you know, usually – um, when you're in that beginning courting part of a relationship, 
oftentimes people are saying what what's important to them and and I mean some men don't some men don't open at all um but you know again if it's a, if if you're if you're meeting a man and and you're the and the woman is very open and you know likes to communicate and likes to share and the man doesn't and can't and won't those are again trigger things that should show a woman at the beginning that perhaps this isn't the right guy for them i think the a vast majority of women get involved with men that truly are not aligned with their energy and really aren't compatible with them. And then once they're really falling for this guy, they're complaining because the guy isn't delivering the things that they truly want. Um, in this particular situation with Annette, though, I think we're all kind of telling Annette that, um, you know, if she sticks in this um, with Marvin, um, it is what it is, and it's going to probably continue to be what it is, but it truly is already a committed relationship. It may not have the... Um, the ring or the marriage license or or anything of that nature, and that's a decision that you know she needs to work out in her own mind if that's enough. And if it isn't, then you know, then yeah, she should define her boundaries and she should let him know what what she wants. And if they can't come to a happy medium, then you know, look at what the options are. But um, Frank, could you uh, could you? take us into the second mailbag question because a lot of what Dr. G was talking about I believe is in that second mailbag question. True? Absolutely. It starts Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean I love your topic for tonight I follow your, fa- your page on Facebook and I'm hoping that this letter will get on the air. I'm 35 and have been dating the man of my dreams for 10 years We've been living together for over 7 years We have a fabulous relationship He has a daughter from his first marriage, who is 12, and she spends a lot of time with us. It really feels like we are a family. However, I want a child of my own, and this seems to be a hands-off topic for Steve. Anytime I bring it up, he shuts down completely. One time, he didn't speak with me for close to 48 hours. He says he doesn't want another child now, but I feel my biological clock is ticking, and I do want children. I'm not sure I can compromise this. How do I get him to see things my way? I love this man desperately, and I know he loves me, and he has a great relationship with his daughter, and I want that with a biological son or daughter as well. Please let me know if you need birth dates or any other information. Sincerely, Marianne from Cincinnati. Um, you know, one thing that's jumping out at me and from a psychic perspective, is I very strongly feel that, and if you even do the math, it, it, I'm sure it's going to add up here, um, that he, his first marriage ended shortly after his daughter was born. And I feel that there's a lot of unresolved stuff regarding that. And somehow he's making that association that if I make this commitment and I have a child, that he's going to end up losing this relationship. And I really feel that's what his strong motivating um, fear is, and that's what is keeping him away from having, you know, taking this, this relationship to the next level. Plus, I strongly feel that from his standpoint, um, not only is is it poo-poo to talk about having a child, but I feel, and she, I don't believe she's mentioned this, 
But I feel even making that commitment of marriage right now, he, to me, reading his energy just doesn't feel ready, though I fully believe that they are truly madly in love. I mean, this, this couple has truly the kind of connection that where the energies overlap almost perfectly, where, you know, she's strong, he's weak, where he's weak, she's strong. Um, I feel a lot of common, you know, common commonalities in their energy, their morals, um, their goals, their direction. I mean, they really feel compatible as a couple. I just feel he's got some unresolved stuff. He needs to be able to work that through, and then I feel it's going to be a whole different ball game for him. Dr. Jean, what do you see on this? Yeah, well, so, you know, it's funny about talk about sometimes I've become a little bit psychic here. Everything I was anticipating was what came up in the next question. Yeah. And if we yeah. notice this with the next card, the picture of the dog, yes. it, it, it's interesting uh, where that came from. But, yeah, you know, the thing is a lot of times when a woman has a baby with a man, she almost feels about him like a man might feel about a one-night stand okay, I got his gene, now I'm committed to the baby, and she kind of loses the sense of love for him, and maybe that's what happened with the first wife, and I've got a sense he chooses women like that that want his genes, and she, I, I, I'm just getting a weird sense that she could be in love with him now. But if, she, if they had a baby together, he would start to feel overwhelmed and pull away and, well, I just got one to grow up and now I'm going to have another baby all over again. There'll be a teenager when I'm old, you know, a whole bunch of things. And then that will put a strain on their marriage. And it, it's, it's so sad to say, but it seems like she's either got to have a baby with him and lose him or stay with him and, and have the stepchild and not have a baby or find someone that, is compatible for a baby and interpersonally and socially for her, which which isn't always that easy. You know, she doesn't have a real good choice. No, and the the problem is this is the kind of connection that doesn't grow on trees. This is the kind of thing that if they walked yes. away from it, they would both have regrets. They truly would forever. They could never, from what I feel in the energy, I don't feel that they could ever get over this Love, You know, it's the kind of thing that, you know, even 20 or 30 years down the road, you're still going to be thinking about this person. Um, so I, I don't feel that that's, you know, the obvious answer here because I feel that they would both have tremendous regrets if they walked away from it. Um, and I'm not by any means saying that Marianne should, um, you know, compromise her situation. But I feel somewhere in this guy's energy he knows that he's afraid, and it almost feels to me if she took a, almost instead of being, like, aggressive or forceful that, you know, I want to have a baby and, and, you know, this is, you know, the direction that I want to go, if she could get him to talk about why he doesn't want to have a child right now, um, you know, if, she, if he could reach that, that emotional connection with, with what's, what he's so afraid of, um, I feel they would make some progress here because, honestly, in energy, I feel all he needs to do is see and understand this and work through what, um, you know, what, what his fears and, and, and hesitations are with it. And, honestly, from a psychic perspective, I see them with a baby, and I know that they're going to be able to work this through. I know they're not walking away from this relationship. But it, it still feels to me, and I know this isn't what she wants to hear because she's 35, but it still feels to me it's a couple years away. 
one of the realities of uh, life and time, the human condition, uh, opportunities aren't there forever, yeah, but that's part of the emotional connection is so strong between them. And you, you wonder, do you get the sense that if there was a baby there that was their biological baby, both of them? Uh, sometimes part of the biological condition is that then the passion and everything kind of dies down. Well, um, see, what my concern is, if he doesn't work through what it is that he's so afraid of, then that will become a self-fulfilling prophecy and that will ultimately happen. Um, but um, I, I, they, they feel so right to me. It's very rare that I get a connection that feels so right. Um, you mm. know, I, I just don't usually get this. And this one does have that essence. I mean, I can count on, on one hand how many connections jump out at me like this. So in lieu of, well, yes, yes, without a doubt. And most likely, um, you know, a situation where this soul, these two souls have traveled together for, for many, many lifetimes, you know, in different capacities. I truly feel that this is, you know, this is not one that you can walk away from. It just isn't. And I don't say that that often. I say that, you know, once in a blue moon when I feel that kind of connection. So this one, to me, feels workable and fixable, and most, most don't. And I'm not one to, you know, my regular clients know I'm not one that, you know, I'm not saying walk away from a relationship easily, but, you know, when somebody, I respect if somebody doesn't want something or somebody wants something, I feel it's important to honor where that person is, and either that works for you or it doesn't. Um, in this particular situation, I feel she has compromised what's important to her for for quite a long time um, with the hopes that he would get to a certain point in his life where, you know, having a child would be more important. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Dr. Jean, that, you know, if you ignore your past or your past issues, they don't go away. And oftentimes they get bigger than life. So um, I just feel, you know, either he needs to get to a point where he sees that it's him and, and he wants to look at what's, what's holding him back, um, or she needs to find the right delicate approach with him where he's not going to feel cornered or backed against the wall and he's going to be able to talk about things. Um, but I, I strongly feel, it, it, as I said, that um, things went down, downhill pretty quickly for for him in his first marriage um, after the baby was born, and he's still holding on to that. In fact, I do feel um, strong potential of infidelity, um, you know, that his wife cheated on him, and that led to the ultimate, you know, crumbling of their marriage. And, and he's holding on to that, and that's what's holding him or keeping him from being able to make that commitment to have a baby. But I do see it for them from a psychic perspective. So... Um, Marianne, um, my, gut, my best advice is to hang in there, but I kind of want, want to know from Dr. Jean, um, if what I'm saying indeed is, is, is true, which I believe it is, as far as that he has this issue from these old hurts from his first marriage, how do you get a person to talk about it? How do you get a person to see it when they're not at that point yet? Well, I mean, I would show that I'm willing to accept whatever he says rather than get all scared and, you know, make him afraid because he knows she doesn't want to hear that. Maybe 
they should go to a counselor together. You know, there's premarital counseling now, there's pre-baby counseling, uh, and that this, if if he doesn't want to go, she could certainly go herself and then invite him to come along because uh, this is a, a real issue in the relationship. And if one person has a need that's not being satisfied in a relationship, there's a problem, even if the other person is satisfied. Right, so and that's true. So this is something true. they might be able to work through together. And that's true. I mean, you know, and that's something I just want to make sure Marianne understands is that, um, you know, her her need and her wanting to have this child is something that she needs to validate within herself and not compromise because I do feel in the end, um, you know, if she waits 10 years, you know, and then she can no longer have a child, um, she's going to have, it's going to destroy their relationship anyhow because she would have truly compromised something that was so important to her. So, you know, if you can get them into counseling, um, Marianne, do it. Um, otherwise, you know, either contact Dr. Jean or myself directly, and we'll see if we can work with you and help you get this problem resolved. Thank you very much for your questions, Annette and Marianne. These are these are really good tonight, perfectly for what we're talking about. Well, great questions and great answers from our in-house experts, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. So keep in touch, everyone who wrote in tonight, and let us know how things turn out. But just a reminder to all of you out there, send in your questions to mailbag at LadyFontaine.com. That's mailbag at LadyFontaine.com. Dr. Jean and Lady Fontaine will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. Now, the phone lines are open, so please give us a call at 646-381-4141. to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. Well, thank you, Frank. Um, I know our switchboard is lit up, and I know there's some callers that are waiting to speak to us. So, who is our first caller? Well, our first caller is Sharon. Uh, Sharon has a specific question for you about where her relationship is going with her boyfriend. But, Sharon, are you with us? Hi. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, fine. Thank you. Good, um, good. The question so, I had is my boyfriend has been financially supporting me while I've been on a job search, and he tends, we've been together for quite a while. He just announced this evening, as he has uh, on occasion in the time we've been together, that he bought a big property, and it turned out that uh, some people that we mutually knew or that he knows that are friends knew about this purchase and that it was coming for like a, several months. And now I, you know, had asked him why am I kept out of the information circle? You know, why am I almost last to to get that information? And I... I just wondered why, if you see this relationship continuing and if the support will continue on all level. And what is his first name? His first name is Bob. Okay, let me just connect with his energy. Um all right, a couple things are jumping out at me with 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 Bob and with your relationship with him. 
Um, first of all, I want to say that, um, I, you know, he's coming through to me as if he, this, as almost as if this is 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 kind of like his mo. Is as almost as if he. Um, I, I, I don't know how to even word this, doesn't always engage you in what's going on in his life, you know. And it's not that he feels to me that he goes out of his way to be secretive. It's more that it's almost like he doesn't think of it for some reason, almost like um, he sees you in a particular way, and this is like in a different, in his mind, in a different category than than what you are to him. So is this typical of of the way he does quote unquote business with you because it feels like it is to me i i'm beginning to realize that and what you're saying is striking a lot of um you know it's just ringing true and i'm just so uh disappointed and hurt and i tell him those things you know but he says you know you're the one that i spend a lot of money on you're the one that I do things for, so how can you say you're not important? That kind of thing. Mm. Um, well, and it he, is fine. He, he's important. He takes the money decisions. That's the sense I'm getting. It's not that you're not important, but he supports you. He earns the money. He decides where the money goes, and obviously you're worth spending money on, and this property's worth spending money on for a business reason. You're for a love reason, but he doesn't seem to think that he has to consult with you. Like It's almost like it's not your job to ask to do this together if you're not married or, you know, is, is that part of the issue? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Because it doesn't feel to me that that even if you were married, it doesn't feel to me that he would necessarily engage you in these in these decisions. That's 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 the interesting part of what I feel in his energy. It's almost, and I hate to say, you know, that he's, you know, like a chauvinist or something like that. But it almost has that that feel to it. Almost as if he's he's in, he's a control person here. He's leading the relationship. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's making the final decisions, and he doles out what he feels in his mind is the appropriate things to dole out in a relationship. And it's, it feels to me that it's not even open for discussion. That's the way. And it's not that he's that controlling. It's that that's just the way he thinks. Maybe that is controlling, but it just doesn't feel to me that he's open for discussion on a lot of things. You is that true, Sharon? Continuing? Well, that you know, you, you we all have free choice. From his end, I feel a willingness for for this to continue. Um, in your from your energy, I, I kind of feel you you still want it that you're not ready to walk away from it, even though it feels. I fully believe what you said to me that a lot of what we're saying is ringing true and you're seeing it, but you still don't feel to me to be fully ready to walk away from it. If you're asking me, is he going to walk away from the relationship, my answer is no. I don't feel he is. I just, I'm so stunned. I really am. And I tell him that. You know, I'm in shock. I'm hurt. I'm, yeah, I just can't. I don't know. Everything you're saying is true, though. I guess I should just let that go, just pick my battles and have that not be one battle. Well, I guess it's a bigger... To me, it feels like a bigger 
problem than that or a bigger situation is um, if it's important for you to be involved in, you know, the other, in your partner's life, then this person may not be the right person for you because it doesn't feel to me regardless of what, you, you know, if, if he's supporting you, if he's madly in love with you, if he's engaged to you, if he's married to you, whatever the, the particulars are at any given time, it doesn't feel to me it's going to change. This is the way he is in a relationship. And I feel that's the way he does things. He doesn't, you know, make those kinds of um, decisions as a couple. He makes those kinds of decisions independently. So that becomes then a decision on your part. Can you live with that? And honestly, I feel um, it's going to be difficult for you. I I really do. I'm not saying impossible, but it feels to me a lot of this, if, if this kind of thing continues in a relationship and you're always feeling left out and excluded, um, you're not going to be happy and you're going to continue to question the relationship because your idea of what love is is more working as a team rather than, you know, working as an individual. True? Yeah, and I I happen to know, you know, that he will tell um, women friends of his, um, you know, say, like, as an example, that he's planning on making this purchase, and he won't, you know, include me in on it. I don't know why he does that. You know, I don't know if it's because he thinks, I, I you know, he feels, I, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. And I, but you're right about everything you say. I mean, you know, thinking in the long term, I've thought of that. You know, it's probably just going to get worse. And we've been together a long time. So. Well, um, you know, again, as earning the wherewithal and deciding where wherewithal goes. I mean, he takes care of the money, and and you do other things, and uh, that's that's possibly how his parents divided the labor, and and he has no problem with it. So if you do, uh, you know, that's something to bring up now. You risk losing him, though. What, what what do you think will happen if and when you find a job? Is he really supportive? I know he's supportive financially, but he, is he supportive about you finding work? Um, yeah, he he is constantly, you know, asking me what the status is on that, and I'm constantly telling him. Um, you know, and I do look at the day that I become uh, stable financially. I I just don't think I would I, I just don't see the appeal you know staying because I just see this getting worse down the road I he's a lot older than I am and I, I just he has lots of resources and I just see me not as you said you know it just it's very uncomfortable for to know that his women friends you know everybody knows about these kinds of things that he investments he makes and then I'm the last to know. It's an odd feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, again, these are these are ultimately decisions that that you have to make. Because I don't feel him dramatically changing. Um, you know, so that that's something. And in the end, I do feel it's going to be your choice. I don't feel he's walking away from the relationship. It just it it strikes me, Sharon, as the way he is is the way he is. Either it fits for you, um, or it won't, and and that's a decision that you're you're going to have to make. Okay. All right. All right. Well, keep us posted. Good luck to you. 
Okay, thank you. All right. All right, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Liz, and she wants some direction about a relationship. Okay. So she's actually talking to someone, uh, a guy. Liz, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Hi, how are you? Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Good, good. So tell us a little bit about what's going on. Okay, I reconnected with an old love of mine from 30 years ago this past spring, and we had a wonderful series of conversations on the telephone and emails and all that great stuff. And he kept bringing up marriage and everything. It was just wild. He had said he was he had tried to find me through the years. He he would call my relatives, and I had moved out west, and I had I was remarried. Nobody would give him the information, and um, so it's just he was saying that he was so glad we reconnected and. Long story short, when we wound up seeing each other in person, it just, um, yeah, that's when things really fell apart, which was unfortunate. And we've talked, this was back in August, we saw each other, but we've talked on the phone off and on since then, and I was just wondering if you could kind of get a read on it, if you think it's going to come back around, improve, or fade out. I'm just looking for some clarity on this. What is his first name? I'm Gary. Mm-hmm. All righty. Let me just connect with Carrie's energy. All right. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because um, I when you were talking, I I didn't feel as strong of a connection as I feel when when I'm zooming in on his energy, and I honestly do feel that everything you said uh, that he said as far as trying to track you down and all that other kind of stuff was, I, I, I don't want to say an obsession with him, but it was a priority with him. I feel you were on his mind. Um, he was quite focused. He was quite diligent. And he wanted, he truly did want to reconnect with you. And, 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 I, and I could feel that. And I feel that um, when you guys were talking, he had the image of, you know, 30 years ago, and and, mm-hmm. and the, everything from everything, not not just physical, but everything that that childhood, you know, crush and 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 all this other kind of stuff sure. in his mind, and and it wasn't it wasn't I don't know it wasn't a mature kind of you know looking at the situation because he mm-hmm. honestly feels like he was locked into. Um, everything from 30 years ago. But to answer your question, when I look at the the energy right now, I still feel somewhat. It doesn't feel quite as um, intense and magnified as when I first connected with his energy. When I really look at it, I feel that there's actually, I feel actually one thing that comes out very, very strong, and it ties in so perfectly with today's conversation, is um, fear in his energy. And regardless of the fact that he sought you out so diligently, it almost feels to me now that the potential of truly having this relationship with you is staring him in the face, he's getting cold feet. I feel it's almost like um, it took the wind out of his, you know, out of his sail. It's like, now what do I do? Um, it's sort of it's sort of like um, we, we so often talk about where women are in a relationship with a guy and they do too much. And I'm not saying you've done anything too much or, or anything, but they do so, so much that the guy 
doesn't have the opportunity to chase, doesn't have the opportunity to, you know, to do anything. He's just handed everything, and women sometimes make it too easy. In this particular situation, I feel the chase for Gary all these years and the not knowing and the expectation and all this other kind of stuff was all-consuming for him. And then when it came down to real life, it's like all the feelings that I feel that have sort of interfered with him having successful relationships um, all surfaced. So I'm feeling a lot of it is fear and confusion in his energy more so than anything else. I don't feel that you guys have fully run your course, but when I look at the energy between you now, it feels flat. And when I look into the next several months, it feels to me it's going to stay that way. So my gut feeling is he's going to reemerge sometime in 2011. I would say right now it feels to me in the spring of 2011 um, with a little bit more focus um, and a little bit more determination um, with things. What I urge you is when he starts talking again about marriage and all this other kind of stuff, don't so easily embrace it. No, um, I won't. I will. I take can't. Take very lightly. Let him. Let him have to work hard to get to that point. It, he feels like one of those guys that you almost have to keep on edge all the time. Almost like once you buy into it and the potential's there in front of him, they run away and get scared. And and Dr. G, what is that well, called? fantasy. I mean, like, I'm getting the sense of fantasy. It's so much absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What, I, what you're talking about is approach avoidance conflict, that as ah, you get closer to right. something, yeah. you get afraid of it, and then as you get further away, you start to desire it more. And while he couldn't get in touch with you, you were safely unavailable. So you were the ideal relationship. He wow. could project whatever he wanted, and he wrote all the parts. But just as Lady Fontaine says, whatever interferes with, with current relationships uh, that have not gone that well for the past 30 years, again, it's his issue, and it will come up if... Uh, you or anybody else perceives something in reality. That's mm-hmm. the reality that, that you can't get around and that he can't get around when you're there, but he can get around when you're in fantasy or on the phone or, you know, then, then he can uh, write more of the plots himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with you. The word fantasy kept coming to my mind, too. That's a lot to live up to, though. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? I mean, it always is. You can't live up to somebody's fantasy. It's impossible because, like Dr. Jean said, they write all the parts, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it always plays out the way that they want. You know, I, I feel that, you know, it, it feels to me that your level of communication is, is like, 1% of what it was right after you guys connected. So I feel this downtime and, and this off time for you is going to be advantageous for him um, you know, but it still could be, you know, uh, just the sheer fact that it's, it, it turns back into that fantasy for him. Um, but I, I just urge you when, when he refocuses his attention, don't buy into anything. Make yeah. him work. Make him, make him present something to you, you know, and, and mm-hmm. make him do whatever, you know, back up his words. So because it honestly feels to me that he needs to validate to himself that this mm-hmm. is important and that he really can step up to the plate so that you don't buy into his fantasy and then he can keep it in that fantasy place, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, than, than moving it into reality. 
but I honestly do feel he's had trouble with relationships oh, his absolutely. whole life. Yeah. I mean, did he has he had any long-standing relationships? Because well, he he was right. He was married, has a son who he adores, which I think is very commendable and wonderful. But you know, all he talked about was, oh, I was married for twenty years, but I wasn't in love with her. I'm thinking, you know, how could you not love someone you were with twenty years? I just find it to be right. absurd. And so, yeah, he just, I don't, I just, I think he places too much attention on, like you say, the fantasy. People can't live up to that. No. It's a lot to live up to. It's a lot to live up to. So, but when you said that everything fell apart after you after you guys met in person, um, is there anything you want to share with us, or that you feel comfortable sharing? And and well, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I don't mind. I'm I'm okay with it now. It was very painful. I mean, he it it was kind of humiliating because, like, like you both said, he was he had this image of in his mind of like me 30 years ago. We all change. He's changed, too. He was too hung up on the whole physical, you know, appearance and stuff like that. And he just, you know, he, he's he's got a bit of a, a bit of a narcissist in him. I think he needs to kind of grow up from that. That's my opinion. So, yeah, he didn't he didn't have the, the, the kindest things to say, and it just devastated me. The only good thing is since that happened over a month and a half ago, I've lost 25 pounds, and I've gotten to a real – you know, self-improvement kind of a thing. So I'm getting more confidence. I don't even know if I do want him now. I mean, just to have been, tre- to have been treated. To, I mean, I'm serious. And I and I have a, a really nice job opportunity in California that I may that I may you know go after. So if he if he does decide to get his head out of his lower extremities and try to be you know kind again, I don't know if I really want it now. You know what I mean? Well, he was sent to you at a, for a certain purpose. There are no accidents in the universe. He got you looking at yourself critically. However, unlike him, you didn't just have a fantasy about yourself. You changed yourself. You lost the weight. You applied for a better job. Mm. You know, that's more than he can say he's done for himself in 30 years. You're right, absolutely. But so just just so I can be on guard, do you ladies really see him trying to come back again? I mean, you know, we're just talking. I actually do because I feel the fantasy is is so real for him. He can't walk away from it. I don't care, you know, what kind of delusions he has. I mean, in 30 years, people change. I mean, even though even though he made even though he made the ignorant comments to me, you still think he's getting back in that fantasy mode again? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I do. I do. Right. I do. I don't know if he could let that fantasy go. Well, I really I'm gonna... don't. And he's going to be drawn to reconnect with you. Like Thanks, I said, darling. for me, it feels like the spring of next year. Okay, thank you so much to both of you. You're very, very welcome. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, All right. who is our next caller? Hello? Do we have Hi, a next Penny. caller? Does Hello? anybody hear me? Yes. We okay. have Kelly next, okay. and Kelly, Kelly has a question about someone that she was involved with in the past who she's speaking to again. Oh, okay. Kelly? Kelly? Yes? Hi, Hi how are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good, good. So tell us a little bit about what's going on. Okay, well, I was in a relationship with this person, and... um we haven't really seen each other for over a year, and uh, we've had some contact by email back and forth, 
And um, recently he's contacted me by email. Um, I kind of upset him back in March. Um, we had a miscommunication through email, actually, and so he just went away, <laughs> you know, into his cave. So anyway, I've been sensing that he's seen someone else, and we were so um, connected that I was connected to him telepathically. Mm-hmm. And so I still have, I still get messages. And I today it hit me that I think he's trying to tell me that he's going to get married. Do you sense anything around that? Like what is someone his first else? name? George. George. All right. Let me just scan his energy because when you were saying it, I'm really not picking that up. And even when I'm scanning his energy, I'm not picking that up. Oh. Um, so my answer is no. I don't feel that at all. Oh. Okay. Okay. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know where these. <laughs> really concerning me now but um, yeah i mean you know you perhaps he was you know watching a movie about you know people getting married or something and you just zoomed in on it but um i don't feel anything in his energy as far as him him getting married oh okay do you sense anything um about when he'll actually talk to me um you know, when he'll... Um, scanning his energy. Um, Dr. Jean, could you... Do you have anything coming up while I look at the energy? Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like he he's a bit of a soulmate in some way that, that you're connected to him telepathically. But a lot of these thoughts, when you, when you get a sense... Like it might come to you, like Lady Fontaine said, that about getting married. It could be that he's thinking about somebody else that he wanted to be with that got married. It could be that he's watching something about getting married. Uh, you don't really know what the source of the thoughts is. It's not necessarily coming from him. There could be somebody else that's more appropriate if you were going to look at long-term in marriage, and that's coming to you now. You have to remember all of this that seems to be coming from the outside, at least I would say, is, is most of it is coming from you inside. Now, there might be things you're picking up from him in the emails and the communications uh, that, that are beneath the surface. That, you know, that's certainly possible. Um, what, do you, what do you want? Is he someone you want long term or, or you're hoping that he would be somebody who wanted to commit? somebody possibly who wanted to marry you, you would you do you feel that way toward him? Are you asking me if I feel that way toward him? Yeah. Well we were we were very, very connected on many different levels, um, you know, spiritually, mentally and you know, all the chemistry was there. Um so um, you know, was the timing seemed to be all off? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was way off. So, so um, that's really. Would that be any better now? 
you know, would you be on the same uh, the same schedule, the same wavelength? Uh, well, let me let me answer that. Let me answer that because I needed some time to really look at his energy because um, he's to me he feels like an extremely complex person, and he yeah, also he is very complex. He's very into, um, he analyzes things, he thinks about things, uh-huh. um, yeah. he's very deep, he's very intense, yeah. and he's very, um, his energy can be very, very heavy. And I was having trouble when, when I first started reading him to get, you know, I was just getting overwhelmed with all of these, these sensations from him, all the, everything I talked about, the intensity, the heaviness, the um, complexity, it was all overwhelming to me and I couldn't sort through it. That's why I needed doc, uh, Dr. Jean to sort of, you know, just talk to you a little bit so I could yeah. sort of address and feel the energy in a different way. Um, well, see, back in, back in March, we connected and he was totally, I misconstrued a bunch of the emails misunderstood him. I was in a really bad headspace mm-hmm. and you know, I was guarding myself because I was around so many negative people. So when he connected to me, there was no you know, he really seemed like he needed someone and I wasn't there for him. So he just went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, we had this very deep understanding of each other. So I felt like he was very, you know, very disenchanted that I couldn't, you know, handle that. And um, so he just disappeared while I kept emailing him because I had some issues of my own, so I just kept emailing him. He, you know, didn't see them until recently, and then he emailed me. And uh, we still have yet to communicate, but um, I'm just wondering if he's depressed because he's been going through so... Uh, so, you know. Well, his energy is very dense. I mean, it's very, very heavy. Um, I, 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 I feel whatever you think he goes through, it's like a million times more from his perspective. That's the, that's how. No, his energy is very unusual. It's very rare that I don't. I can't sort things out like in a split second when I when I read somebody's energy but his was so dense I, I really needed time to look at it from a different really angle and sort of distance myself um, it's just who he is it doesn't feel to me that there's something so critically wrong here it's how he processes information and um, he feels to me though that he has a lot of um, just a lot of, I kind of want to say drama in his life, you know, just a lot, he gets hit with a lot of stuff, it feels to me, and the way he processes it is very, um, is is very, like some people could just blow it, you know, brush it off and, you know, walk away from things, he labors and, and, and gets caught up in it, gets very, very caught up in things. Um, But bottom line, to answer your question, um, first of all, I want to say, don't, don't continue to email him. Give him some space. Give him, um, let him step up to the plate. I mean, you've more than reached out and made up for the time that you weren't able to be there for him. The next step is he's got to get himself to a point where he's ready and open, ready, willing, and open to to take those steps back towards you. And if you keep on you know, reaching out to him and, and, and chasing after him in that way, it's going to keep him from 
from doing that inner reflection and knowing that it's the right thing for him to connect with you. So bottom line is, if you keep on, you know, emailing or this and this yeah, and that, you're right. going to slow down the process. If you just let it sit right now, um, there is some potential of hearing from it, still hearing from him within the, within the next, the longest amount of time would be the next four to six weeks. Um, it still doesn't feel to me that he's fully ready to just forget the past or anything like that, but I do feel he will open a line of dialogue and conversation with you if you continue to reach out to him or if you um, jump too quickly when he steps back in, he will back away again. So with this guy, it's got to be very delicate balance, and especially now. It's almost like um, with this guy, you can't make two mistakes. So, um, you know, or he's almost afraid that you're going to make another mistake. So it's, it's almost like a matter of, you know, taking it very, very slow, taking it very lightly with him. Um, and I do feel that there is a very, very intense connection between the two of you. So let it evolve on its own without trying to steer it where you want it to go. Yeah, I, okay. All right. Um, no, we're running out of time, so um, if you didn't get all the, if you didn't get your complete answer, give us a call back at another, another week, okay? Thanks so much. You're very, Thank very you. welcome. Lady Fontaine, we only have about a minute left, so you may want to... All right. Well, let me just say that I think tonight was a great, great show. We had great mail mail questions. We had great callers. Um, and obviously, it was a great theme, that great topic that a lot of people are interested in as far as, you know, why men don't commit. Um, I think that we've, um, you know, at least broached the, the topic on a high level, and maybe we'll have some future shows to try to get down to the nitty-gritty nitty a little bit more. But I, wanted to, I want to thank all our listeners um, for inviting us into your home and your lives. We love hearing from you. Thank you to my co-hosts. Um, and I want to say have a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences that honor you. Um, tonight there will not be um, the show The Invisible World, but next week for paranormal enthusiasts, remember to tune in to Frank Tadaro's The Invisible World. You either call 718-508-9285 or check out the show on Blog Talk Radio. It's, the show is called The Invisible World. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week. And remember to reclaim you. We're here to honor and support you and provide you with the guidance you need to help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all.